Welcome into the Trevor Staub Show, episode number eight. Today we've got a great guest. We've got Valerie Mandahano, one of the members of Team Foundation. I got a chance to sit down with her last week and talk to her a little bit about her start to the season so far, what she has planned for the rest of the season, and how she got started with disc golf in the first place. So let's hop right into it. All right, and I'm here now with three-time junior world champion, the 2022 Waco champion, and member of Team Foundation, Valerie Mandahano. Thank you so much for joining the show. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get started just by going, uh, jumping to this season's results because I feel like you've had a very successful start to the season. Obviously, picking up the win at Waco was huge, but you've really been in the conversation every event and had a strong kind of statement start to the season. Um, just thinking about this week's or this year's results so far, would you say that you're pleasantly surprised with how it's turned out? Is this kind of what you expected, or are your standards even higher than what you've been able to do so far? Um, I'd say my standards are pretty high than what I've been able to do so far. Uh, just for an example, like last week, it's Texas State's. I just wanted to be in contention of the win. Yeah. Yeah, so so you have you you'd say that even though you have gotten the win and started out your every tournament you're going in, you know, I want to win, that's the goal. Yep. Yes, yeah. I'd say so. Absolutely. Um and getting that win early in the season has that elevated your standards even higher or is it kind of just it's it just always been the same? Um I'd say they elevated it higher. I'd say I always knew like I was in contentions of the win, but showing myself and everyone kind of just put that extra standards to myself. Right. Yeah. I would say it's, it's tough to ignore once you've been able to accomplish winning on the tour. Like you can't, you can't go into any more events, not thinking about like, I want to get that win again. It's a little different, I guess, when you first kind of are cutting your teeth on tour and just hoping for good finishes. But once you've got that win under your belt, it certainly changes things. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, for sure. I'd say it took a whole different mindset this year compared to like last year, last year it was, can I get into the top 10, top five? Yeah. And now it was this year's, okay, what events can I win? Yeah, definitely. Um, so even, even with getting that win and having this good start, what kind of goals have you set for yourself as far as the rest of the season's concerned? Are there any specific ones that you really have in mind? Um, I'd say just kind of small goals, really. Small goals leading up to the big goals, which is just shooting over my rating, just playing clean golf, not doing too much, and just keeping myself in contention of the win. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are there any tournaments in particular that you want even a little extra than, than the others? Or because I know you had a you had a kind of a close finish at the uh, U.S. or the throw pink championship last year. Are there any that kind of stick out to you that you really want to get this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone wants to get worlds, but yeah. I want to get worlds uh, throw pink. Like you said, it'd be nice to get that one after last year. Um, and then Idlewild. I really want those three if, I'd say. Idlewild. if I had to How pick. Yeah. So as far as the season going this so far um, and your kind of game, how it's evolved this season, what part of your game have you been most proud of? Because I was kind of looking through your statistics and so far you've been pretty balanced. A lot of the ones that stood out were your OB percentage. You're currently number one on the tour. Um, your scrambling percentage is also currently number one on the tour. But are there certain parts of your game that you've been super proud of this, this uh, season so far? Um, I'd have to say my spin putt. I okay. could never spin the, the my putter so well as I do now. And I think it just shows a lot of time and effort I put behind it. Um, and not only that, like my scramble shots last year, they were pretty sad, I will say. Yeah. But I just couldn't figure it out for some reason, just touch forehands or even backhands at times. 
but I felt like this year I, uh, I got it pretty dialed in. Yeah. I think I noticed for sure the spin putt at Waco was coming in a lot of handy with the windy conditions. It seemed like you were able to make a lot of putts down the stretch. And you mentioned kind of like your spin part being part of your game, but do you kind of change up your putt based on the conditions? Do you ever go to more of a push putt or are you kind of always stick with the same one? Um, no, I feel like I change it depending on the wind. So like you mentioned at Waco, there were some times where I didn't really spin the putter. I kind of just lofted it in the headwinds. Yeah. And uh, just because I didn't want to beam past it, I was just giving myself a, like a float risk at it. So if I uh, missed, I wasn't going too far. And then at times I would spin it in the tailwind. I would just spin it really fast. So I feel like it does vary on the conditions of the weather. Right. I And I, I definitely feel that uh, there's a lot of disc golfers who just for the sake of putting being so difficult try to keep the same putt no matter what and that can play a lot of different ways because you kind of are dependent on the conditions but i think it's a huge advantage to be able to have a secondary putt uh typically a more spinny putt that you're comfortable with because then when it does get windy i mean it's it's a huge advantage to have that extra rotation on the disc for sure um so i wanted to kind of like when i talk to pros i like getting kind of each each pro's disc golf story because I think everybody kind of has their own unique story with how they found this game and, and their kind of um, their kind of story of how they worked their way up to the professional scene. So just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what's your disc golf story? How did you find the game and kind of get everything going? Um, so mine's a little long. I'll try to shorten it up as much as possible. No, go go for it. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, started when I moved to San Antonio. I moved to San Antonio when I was 11, but I didn't start disc golf at that time. I was just kind of here. I didn't know what to do in Texas. Yeah. It was, uh, I went from a soccer background. Okay. And so, uh, trying to play in the heat was very tough for me, trying to adapt to the conditions. Yeah. Um, and my dad remembered that his friend gave him like three discs back in the nineties that he had in the garage two years after we lived out here. Cause we all started getting too bored and we we're just like, we don't know what to do. Basketball kind of gets too hot to play outside. And yeah. we didn't know really like what suits us. And we all wanted something to do as a family. Um, and so my dad remembered that. And we found like a Frisbee, at, like a uh, Salvation Army or something. And then we were like, well, where can we get these discs? But nobody ever knew like how we could get some. Right. But So we had like five total at the end. And uh, we all went in through Live Oak in San Antonio. And it was 36 holes at the time. And, uh, oh, I did not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It was like October, so it was still hot out. And it was um, myself, Alexis, my dad, my mom, and my older brother. And, oh, my gosh, we were probably throwing like 20 feet in the wrong direction. So right. it took it took a while to finish the course, and my parents were determined on finishing the course. They're like, no, we're going to play all 36 holes. So, you know, that was like a six-hour round. Um, wow, Yeah. So Quite a start. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, this is a great start to uh, disc golf. Me yeah. and Alexis did not enjoy it. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Like, we were just like, this is torture for us. Like, we don't want to be out here. It's hot. Yeah. We're climbing hills all day. Um, and so my parents and my brother started going to Austin, figuring out that there was more courses to it because we all knew nothing about disc golf. Yeah. Um, and my brother started playing some minis, started getting tips off of guys, and then he would try to grab whatever info he could get and give it to us. But me and my sister weren't having it. Me and Alexis, we were just like, nah, we still don't want to play. Like, yeah. it's still not fun. Um, but we started noticing that they started taking more trips to Austin, like at the weekends. And they were just like, do you guys want to go? And we're like, no. And then after a while, we got kind of tired of just staying back and not doing much. And we were like, all right, let's go give it a shot. We'll hang out with our family. Like, it's fun yeah. to hang out with them. And then over time, just being able to see how we can control the disc 
and like how I could get to go further started intriguing me and how I could get better at a game and you know yeah me pretty much being uh depending on how good I want to be you know yeah. it's all up to me it's not about anybody else so that's what really I guess sparked a fire for me and then um six months later we started competing we met some locals and they were just like hey do you want to play in this all women's event we didn't want to, but my mom forced us, and she's just like, yeah, this would be good for you guys. Wow. And so yeah, we were like, okay, let's give it a shot. I ended up coming – I ended up taking second. We went to a playoff, and I kind of just, like, caged a putt, and that's what took me to second. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems, like, it seems like a lot of people with disc golf definitely have, like, that moment that it sort of clicks because it can be – especially – I mean, I was kind of the same way when I first got into it. I didn't even know that there were discs. I was throwing a Frisbee. Like you, it seems like a very like unassuming sport and activity that you don't, you don't ever really see it coming. And then there's just like kind of a moment that it, that it really clicks for you. Do you, did you kind of have like that moment? Like, was it just like you, you know, one round you went out there, a certain throw where you're like, wow, like this really is fun. Yeah. And I actually do remember this. Um, I think there was just like one moment that, started intriguing me into disc golf and then the other about turning pro um or at least pursuing disc golf as a career it was one where my brother gave me this star or no sorry this champion leopard yeah. and he was just kind of like throw it on an annie and let's see where it will go for you and i tried it i did everything he said and it went the furthest i've ever seen myself throw a disc and i was like oh wow like i i did that like i yeah. threw it that far and so that's kind of what was in my mind and i was just like well let's see if I can do this again. Uh, what other angles can I do? And that's kind of what just sparked that for me to keep going out and trying different shots and right. to keep playing. Yeah. It's almost like the first time you can get a disc to do what it was meant to do, which a lot of times for a beginner is just making like really forcing it over on Annie and getting that mm -hmm. full like S flight. That's like the magical moment where you're like, Oh wow. Like it's really cool what you can do with these things. Um, but kind of making that next jump then, because obviously you started competing locally. Um, we're, we're doing really well in Texas and winning a lot of events. When was the first time you really thought to yourself, even though you were having success, like I could do this for a career, you know, this could be a living for me someday. Um, I think when I started going to the junior worlds, I started seeing how big it was. It was like a whole new world going there for me. I was yeah. like, well, people are actually sponsored and they're like my age. Right. And then I would hear a lot of the sponsors talk about it. Like, yeah, you know, you keep up with this, you'll get a salary and like, you'll basically earn a living off of this. Yeah. And so I kind of thought to myself, like, how cool would that be to become a professional and just like tour and like, um, you're making money into the sport. It's not just something you're doing for fun. Yeah. And I think playing junior worlds is the first time that I thought like, wow, I can actually do this for a living. That's when I uh, kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, this is something I want to do. Yeah. What do you what do you think you'd be doing right now if you weren't playing disc golf? What would have been the trajectory? I wanted to go pro in soccer, but taking that two uh, year gap kind of set me back on that. Yeah. But I'd say something in like uh, physical therapist, something okay. like that in those reins. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I've actually from a lot of the pros I've talked to, soccer seems to be a very popular background with disc golf. So I guess that's what I was missing. It seems, it seems like there, <laughs> there's a lot of pros who have taken the soccer background and it's translating somehow. So it seems to be, it seems to be working. But um, now that you've kind of 
had the, the the experience of you know starting disc golf from like just the humble roots to competing locally to pro what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's just a, a young player in the fpo division who aspires to have a career in disc golf what's a piece of advice that you would give them as far as how to take the next steps and how to kind of you know choose their their path um i'd say just to have patience with it and know that this is something you want and patience meaning like if it's not showing in the beginning and you know you want to become a pro just still give it all the work and time that you've been putting in and know it's going to pay off in the future um just kind of ease into it don't rush anything but just also put the work into it yeah definitely um so one of the cool things about your touring experience is I feel like you kind of have this almost disc golf dream scenario where you get to tour and compete with your sister and then now your fiance, uh, Mason, which is just so su- super cool. What it like, just talk a little bit about what that's like, just getting to have that support system with you on tour. Um, I mean, it's, it's huge for me coming from a huge family background. Like, you know, I come from four other siblings and so always being around my family was, uh, something huge for me so like disc golf was one of the reasons why I chose it because I was able to play with my family and build that bond yeah so now having that I guess you could say working full-time is even more special because you know Alexis can relate to me on a level that you know um, somebody else can't one of my friends can't or maybe my other sister can't um, but even with Mason like it's huge having my fiance there because again he knows what it feels like to be under the pressure I'm under so if right. I have a bad day or I'm, I'm in a mood he knows what it's like and he understands And uh, to also come back and know somebody's understanding what I feel at the moment is huge because they know what I need at the moment. They're like, okay, you know what? She needs her space. Like I'm going to, you know, go outside or do whatever it takes to like give you your own space. Even if that's, Hey, you want to go to the movies? Let's, you know, blow some steam off or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's huge to always know that I have that comfort also on the course, on the support or them knowing how I am or how my game is, you know, it, it, definitely does mean a lot to me right no that and that's huge because there are so many players who are essentially doing this on their own just you know a lot of them you know doing the rvs or the vans and they don't necessarily they have like their friends on the tour but they might not have that personal support system to really level out your your mental game and reset you even just round to round and that's that's definitely an awesome thing to have um but does it ever get, I know they're definitely a huge support system, but does it ever get competitive, especially with you and your sister? Is there ever any sibling rivalry there? Oh, for sure. I think everything we do, it, it has to be a competition, no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be the smallest things and we're both competitive. It can be at the gym. Who's going to do more reps? You know, who's right. the last one to finish? And it's literally her doing one more rep than me and then saying, okay, I'm done. But she has to see me put the weights away first for her <laughs> yeah. to do it. Um, but it kind of gets ridiculous, but it also makes it fun and it also keeps us going and driven. Yeah. Um, but at tournaments, we kind of have bets to each other. Like, okay. I'll tell her like, oh, if I win this time or this round or whoever wins or shoots this number, I'll get you a coffee. Or if you win, I'll, uh, I'll get you a coffee. Or if I win, you get me a coffee. You know, yeah. it's just small things like that to keep us going, personal goals. Um, and you know, it's great at the same time having that competition because it's like the minute one of us is slacking, the other one's kind of like, just so you know, I'm going to be better than you because you know, you're taking this time off because you want to, not because you have to. And so in a way it always keeps us going and we're friendly with it. We know when to stop. We know when one's being too much. So that's, what's great about having her. Yeah. That's awesome. Having that competitive drive. Um, 
and because Alexis has been playing well this season too. And and what's one part of your sister's game to give her some compliments? What's part one part of her game that you would like one aspect that you would take into your game that you think would be a bonus to have? I think her sidearm. She still has a, a better sidearm than me. <laughs> I okay. tried to copy her, and I'm sure you could see it at a little points. Um, but yeah, she has a great sidearm. The sidearm, yeah, it can be the sidearm can be tricky. It's it's like some people can just find it, and I always get very jealous of like how effortless it looks for certain people. For sure, like with her, she it like snapped into her really fast, and for yeah. me, it's still taking me this long to actually get a decent sidearm past 300. Yeah, it's almost like the people that learn there's a lot of people that learn sidearm first and then backhand i kind of figured out the backhand first and it's almost harder to adapt the the sidearm if you didn't learn it first it's harder to like pick it up it seems like for sure because i feel like i'm throwing um opposite hand yeah um so when you look at kind of the because your career at this point is really just seems to be in its infancy like you're kind of just emerged on the tour as one of the top players now in fpo division but when you think about the future of your disc golf career and you envision that in your mind what does that look like to you it looks like me competing for at least seven to eight years if not more you know that's just like being at my best um i would like to play until i'm like 50 years old right. but i just feel like the physical point of it won't let me uh have that many years i yeah. hope so god willing i could have 15 more years absolutely absolutely but yeah it's just competing in it every week in and out um that's what i hope to see is i'm actually in contention or i'm just winning most of the events that's what i see for myself yeah definitely um so I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this past offseason because you're one of the many players that had a move uh, as far as sponsors this offseason. There were so many that moved. Um, in your case, you were with Innova for five years, quite a while, uh, before making your move to Dynamic this past offseason. Um, what kind of sparked that move, and how has the adjustment been so far for you this season? Um, I always like to say like we, move, we all outgrow different situations in our life, and I felt mm-hmm. like that was kind of the similar um situation with us in innova we just kind of outgrew them um but switching to dynamic it was amazing like they made it so easy for us the transition you know everything we needed eric was just like text me and i'll get it to you yeah. you need another you know if you need this lineup let me know give me your old lineup and i can compare similar discs to uh what i think you throw now and even going to emporia it was awesome because if there was you know mold felt like i was missing out of my bag Eric was like, well, what modes do you think you're missing or what slots? And he was just like, here, you know, he gave me like a stack of discs, a stack of drivers. And he's like, I think this is what's going to fit in your bag. Um, But even just the whole team itself, you know, they were super sweet and they're just so easy to work with right now. They're making everything so easy for us to adjust into the team. Um, But also with the discs, the discs were, I wouldn't say easy, but I'm not going to say hard to adapt to. I think it's just hard learning everything and having confidence in it. But yeah. I don't think it's impossible. Yeah, and I'd, it's good to hear you say that because I've, I've really just been hearing everybody that I've talked to because there's been quite a few that have moved to Dynamic. People have just been really singing their praises and how awesome they've um, treated and just been very professional with all their new athletes. Um, but what – so you've kind of – now you've been through two different kind of signing experiences, one with Innova when you were a lot younger and a lot newer to the game and one now kind of more of an established pro. What are the – big differences kind of between those two experiences for you? 
Um, I feel like everything's a lot more professional now, now going into the pro levels. And that's even like at a tournament, you know, you yeah. go to the amateurs and you see the difference between a pro and the amateur events. Um, I felt like being a junior, you know, you just get plastic all the time. And it was just like, yeah, right. I moved up in a ranking and now I'm getting 25 more disc on top of my yeah. allotment with apparels. And now it's, you know, trying to see how much money you can make. And I feel like that's yeah. really the difference. And then how I got, I don't know. It just feels weird. I feel like I'm getting treated like an adult as I get older. Obviously that's a concept, yeah. but it just feels like it's all flashing before my eyes because I've been, you know, taking, uh, I guess, cash or getting paid for the last two years and I'm still adapting to it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's really, I guess, the, the change for me. It's just seeing how professional all these companies are the minute you move up and start playing pro. Yeah, definitely. And it's not only has there been that kind of jump just from when you signed last time, but also the sport has progressed so much as far as professionalism and how they handle these deals and everything. So, I mean, just this year we had, you know, Ricky and Kona riding in helicopters for, yeah. <laughs> for announcement videos. So things are just picking up so much that I'm sure it can be almost like shell shocking at times, like just how much things have changed and how much it feels like, you know, we're playing professional sports. Like this is the real deal at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you obviously you mentioned going into, you're learning a new bag right now. Um, you've kind of had to switch after throwing in a plastic for so long, but what are some of the key molds that you've really been leaning on your new bag that you've learned to trust a ton? I'd say the triple burst trespass. I really like okay. it from my straight to understable shots. And yeah. then I've been, I just put this one in for Texas States. It's the Raider. Um, oh, I'm yeah. really liking that for my straight to stable shots, but I could still mm -hmm. get distance. And then the ride for my uh, windy shots. Yeah, I've I've thrown all three of those really really solid molds. I still have a Raider in my bag, and I love it. Um, so one more question I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of do a fun little segment. Um, obviously, I feel like you and Mason are probably one of like the the big time disc golf power couples out there because I I, I was trying to think like who could be Val and Mason in a mixed doubles round as far as like the power couples in the disc golf scene. Cause you've got, you've got Katrina and Austin Hannum, you've got double G and like Jessica Weiss. And then you obviously got Kona Panis and Colt Montgomery. Do you think there's any couple out there on the disc golf tour that could give you and Mason a run for your money? Hmm. I'm going to say no, because okay. we won, we won uh, doubles at worlds. That is true. That is true. So you've got the title. You definitely yeah. have the title to back it up. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe in the future there'll be a pro tour celebrity event or something like that where you'll get to put it on display. But um, thank you so much for joining the show, Valerie. Uh, it was good talking with you. Uh, we appreciate you representing Team Foundation well out there and hope that you continue to have an awesome season. Of course. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, definitely. All right, and thanks again to Valerie for joining the show. It was great hearing about all the things that have been going on in her season so far and just hearing about her disc golf journey and how that all began. Uh, we wish Valerie the best of luck this season. We'll be rooting her on here at Team Foundation. Make sure you hop in next Thursday back to the channel to check out another awesome interview. We'll have another one right here. Don't miss it.